In the ever-changing business environment, technology and data have become firmly embedded at the heart of company strategy and decision-making. This is reshaping the very function of IT teams within businesses and reaffirming the CIO's role as organizational linchpin. But new Workday research also shows that as the pace of change accelerates, keeping up with business needs will prove make or break for today's IT leaders. So how is the role of IT expanding and evolving for a new hybrid world of work? And what does this mean for the future of the CIO? I'm Megan Wright, Senior Editor at Longitude, a Financial Times company. And today I'm joined by Charles Ewan, Technology Director and Chief Information Officer for Met Office, the UK's National Weather Service. Charlie, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Meg. Hi. Look, I really wanted to start by talking about the structure and function of the IT team within the broader business. I imagine that the volatility of the past two years has amounted to new pressures on your job and the way that your team operates within the business. And now that we're emerging into a much more agile world of work, it begs the question, how does the IT function view itself in a hybrid work landscape? What's COVID done? COVID's been an interesting social experiment from a number of directions, but one of the things specifically around IT that it's done is really honed the degree to which IT can make or break business benefit. Uh, only one small dimension of business benefit, but nonetheless, at the end of the day, if people can't work at certain times during COVID, they can't work from home, then it's going to scupper any kind of business. So uh, using that as a kind of example, over time, I think there's always there's, there's been an ongoing uh, drive for more customer centricity. And it's kind of been taboo a little bit in recent times to talk about that customer being an internal customer. It's hard sometimes for people who are at the, uh, you know, the backroom uh, boys and girls that are sat down in the server rooms to really identify properly with the way that they add value to the business. It's quite tricky, uh, especially in large organizations. And what COVID's done is, is it's brought, well, firstly, validity to, you can think of the customer centricity. Yes, of course, organizations exist to deliver value and typically monetary value. That's absolutely fine. But actually, it is okay to think of the customer to be an internal customer in this case and to do your very level best to understand what they're going through, understand their problems and respond to it. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more if we could, because for the third year running, Workday have just conducted a study of 1,150 business executives and about 430 of those were IT leaders. And the results actually painted a really interesting mixed picture. So we found that half of IT leaders are saying they can usually or always keep up with business upgrade needs, while the other half are saying they often or always fall into triage mode and they're unable to keep up with business demands. I wonder in a world where we're talking about this pace of change being expected to accelerate, how do CIOs start to work at the pace that their organization really needs and to ensure that there's that continuity that's often needed across the broader business? On the kind of downsides, if you want to see it that way, old people like me uh, often refer to something that that's a bit, a bit old school in terms of the iron triangle of, if you like, very simply good, fast and cheap. You can have any two, but you can't have all three. And when you work in technology, which is not quite the same as building something that's physical and tactile and tangible, it's a bit ephemeral, it's a bit artificial, it's not quite something you can put your hands around often, then constantly the role of anybody that's ever worked in IT is to balance that eternal triangle or iron triangle of good, fast or cheap. In this time, 
with COVID, COVID is driven fast. So uh, it's very much driven fast. And for some organizations, cheap has been a constraint. For other organizations, cheap has been no constraint at all, depending again on the on the business value of making sure that people can continue their work. So the casualty has been good. Uh, unfortunately, there are still organizations out there that have a do see IT as an overhead, tends to be the organization that have a CIO, CTO, CDO, whichever your preferred direction is, that isn't really. So they're not really an embedded part of the senior team. It tends to be those organizations. Often you'll see the senior technology person reporting to the CFO or the COO. And often it's those organizations that tend to see IT as an overhead for something that, to go down by 10% year on year. One of the ways to keep up for sure is to change the nature of that relationship in such a fashion that the organization sees IT at the table, not subservient to the table. And COVID's been uh, very, very helpful for that. And the only other comment I'd make in there is often and increasingly, I think, technology is confused with change. An example would be, uh, I don't know, uh, an implementation of a new HRIS, uh, HRIS system. Why don't we talk about that? Uh, that comes along, and it's seemingly a lot of money when the technical people who've been asked to deliver that thing start asking for money associated with the business change that invariably wraps around a new piece of technology. There's always going to be new processes and, and, and so on. And it really comes back to all too often uh, organizations see organizational design as being simply the org chart was actually organizational design is some very tricky combination of people, process, technology. The point is that all of that's real. And all too often, immature organizations or long-standing organizations that haven't changed much confuse an IT project with a change project and then wonder why we can't keep up. Frankly, sometimes it's because the IT teams don't have the skill to execute all of that change on their own. All too, very often, you wouldn't expect them to. It's not recognized that, uh, that more difficulty in keeping up with business needs is around overall change of which IT is a part rather than the IT itself. So two factors really, cost and mixing up IT with business change. I imagine too, to the point you made earlier, giving the CIO and the IT team a seat at the table and actually embedding them closer across the entire business is going to help to overcome this challenge where we end up with IT as uh, perhaps an outcome without having thought completely through the problem. I'm wondering to that extent, what role you think the CIO will play in sort of reshaping the IT function and helping to embed it across the business? Unlike, for example, finance in an organization or, or looking after people in an organization which have been around as long as organizations have been around, in the scheme of things, technology, IT, data, whatever you want to call it, even innovation from a technology perspective, of course. Uh, they really haven't been around for very long. And it just doesn't, it's not as easy, frankly, as saying, here's what the ideal CIO goes like. Context is absolutely everything. The CIO classification is something I balk at a little bit. Uh, I understand, you know, it tells you something, but it doesn't tell you everything, as would CTO, uh, increasingly CIDOs, Chief Information Data Officers, and then CDOs that may be a Chief Disruption Officer or a Chief Data Officer. So there's loads of these terms around there, and they all mean something to somebody, and that's that's good. But generically, there's not one right answer. Uh, the important piece is that the voice of technology slash science slash data, whatever it is in that context, is seen as part of the top table conversations for the organization. That might mean that you get a pure play uh, technology person sat on the board. It might not. It might just mean actually a, a genericist of some sort is going to take responsibility for that area and they've got all the experts beneath them. What's not okay is to reduce it to the second tier. So in, in my strong opinion, and frankly, I wouldn't work for an organization where 
that wasn't that link of what whatever technology means at that organization at the top table. I know at the top you were talking a bit about the role of the IT team and the kind of internal customer experience, if you like, or employee experience. I wanted to understand how you think the employee experience has perhaps changed over the last two years and the impact that that's having on how IT is interacting with different areas or functions of the business. My experience has been that it's really crystallized what technology can't do, or at least can't currently do, and how the technology and the real world kind of grate together. So one of the things that we're trying to do at the Met Office is to try to get the people that think about the physical world, which traditionally would be, you know, your kind of HR departments and your facilities management departments, much more closely aligned with people who worry about the digital experience. And in the past, that's come from desktop that do a lot of things to digital experience. So we've we've really clarified what they're there to do and try and bring those two worlds together so that we're trying to look holistically across the physical and virtual environments and do our best, given the constraints of technology, to bring those two together. But there's an awful long way to go. I think it's, uh, I don't know about you, but certainly the train smash meetings over COVID have been those where somebody's laudably attempted to mix five people in a conference room somewhere with five people that are spread all over the place, and it just doesn't work. On that note, I'd love to talk a bit more about this relationship between IT and HR, which you've hit on there. It's not necessarily one that's garnered a whole lot of focus in the past, but we're seeing now certainly that, as you say, it's integral to business agility, to the technologies that we're having to now rely on just to do our day-to-day jobs. What impact are these evolving employee experiences having on how the IT function and the HR function are coming together? And do you have any examples that you could share from your own experience? Thinking of these things independently has always been a bit bonkers. And perhaps recently we've recognized that it's a bit bonkers. Um, but but in terms of it, the relationship with the technology people, with the HR people, and I'll bring in the facilities management people just because that's the way we do things at the Met Office, the, the, this bringing together of the physical and the virtual environment is absolutely critical. And so let's just say statistically across the whole world, you're going to expect to see more people live in this virtual, physical, hybrid kind of way. And in that course, you know, it's people and technology. So so almost it gets you to the place, well, of course, HR and technology have to work together uh, for sure. The other sort of more, more, if you like, functional relationships that have changed, and a good example at the Met Office I, I've already mentioned, which is how you make multidisciplinary teams effective. That's an easy thing to say and a super difficult thing to make work. Not helped at all by the artificial highs and lows in terms of remuneration and things for technology people. So, you know, it's you've got people in the room paid a lot. You've got people in the room not paid as much. You've got them all on a common task. You've got very visible contribution from all of them. So in other words, you know, it's not the same as passing work from silo to silo as in the old model. When you get a multidisciplinary team together, that team become it becomes apparent within that team very quickly who's pulling their weight, who's not. So that changes performance management. Now that presents opportunities and challenges that I don't need to spell out to traditional organizations that are used to ranking people by, you know, how many degrees they've got in what and and that kind of thing. You know, it may well be the person that's able to bridge between the person that represents the customer and the engineer in there. So they have a bit of engineering, they have a bit of customer knowledge, and they they perform the role of bridging between those two functions. The value of being able to do that, and you know, I've talked loosely about value, but but it does tree up to hardcore economic value at the end of the day. Yeah. So perhaps an unexpected benefit that has come from all of the disruption that we've lived through. 
Yeah, look, I think, um, I genuinely think the world's a complex place, right? And growing unicorns probably isn't a valid strategy. Looking for people who have, you know, degrees in everything or CIOs that can do analytics, compliance, revenue, managing people adaptively, probably not the future in there. The, the, the future is probably about how we, you know, how we do team theory more so than individual theory. I'm not suggesting we throw individual theory and development and those kinds of things out the window. What I am saying is that at the end of the day, it's very difficult to deliver value in any kind of professional environment on your own. The way in which the dynamics of how teams work, I think, will be the next big thing from a people point of view. How do we build effective teams? I know there's a lot of work being done on this, but it kind of comes secondary to, to looking at people through a lens and stack ranking them from good people to bad people and pay them more or less money dependently, whereas I think the future will be all about teams. Mm. Which is actually a really refreshing conversation to have had today, Charles, I must say, because I think often when we talk about IT, we get a bit bogged down in the technology um, without thinking about the fact that these are teams of people that are putting our technology together and that are ensuring our organizations can run. I guess just finally on that, I wanted to end on sort of a positive note Wondering if, based on everything that we have discussed today, the points that you've covered around teams and skills and the direction for IT in general, is there one piece of advice you could give to new or aspiring CIOs or CTOs or CDOs about what the future of this particular role will look like? Again, this is all nascent. People like to quote best practice. They like to look at how someone succeeded in another organization and simplistically decompose that and create a template for how you're going to succeed. Everybody's different. Every organization's different. Everybody perceives this stuff different. There isn't a single right answer. So the system is changing all the time. What works for one in one context will not necessarily work for another in another context. It comes back to the old advice. Take a look around you. Try and, try and build at least enough breadth to recognize what that organization needs then more so than what the analysts will say is the current theme to ride, wave to ride on technology, because these waves do come and go, and we all know what they are. Um, sometimes they're super relevant, often they're not. And often new and inexperienced CIOs will beat themselves up because, um, I'll try and name something that isn't going to bother anybody, but uh, the latest fad, whatever the latest fad is, the analysts are saying this is the next big thing. It sits in the top right-hand corner or the outmost wave of whichever analyst model you care to look at. And they feel bad because, oh, I need to know about that because that's relevant. Well, is it? You know, it might be relevant or it might be that that particular nascent new topic is 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 not relevant in the way it's being presented, but there's, there's an outcome there. So in short, don't look too hard for best practice. Look for some leading practices and look for some of the leading practices that may be applied in a variety of contexts. And I think then you're going to be good to go. I think some sage advice there and certainly a great note to end on. So Charles, thanks very much for your time today. Thank you. 